Uh, back to the bill that was stuck in the appropriations that qualifies the transit. So why was it stuck and what will get it out of there? Yeah, uh, I, I will say that this is one of the instances where because a process is pretty much a black box, we will never know precisely what it is that got that bill, bill held. All that said, the Transit Association, which sponsored that bill, is reconsidering introduction for next year. Um, it may be just a matter of the political relationships between legislators. Uh, it could have just been the year in which it was introduced. And so there may be another run at it. Uh, and then finally, we'll just note that there's also engagement on a regulatory and administrative level with the California Public Utilities Commission who sets these designations to see if they can find an administrative path to offering it. Um, was was this uh, prompted by natural disasters in various counties and their representatives are pushing it? I just yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it was it was introduced at the behest of Santa Barbara MTD uh, for many of the, the reasons that are evident uh, and was carried by Assemblymember Hart who's evinced a strong interest in addressing natural disasters, particularly in in the areas of transportation services. In, um, I know that you can't tell us for sure, but in the Holden, which is the free fares for youth, um, what are its prospects in the second year? Um, in other words, and maybe a part, part of that question is, what about agencies that are already providing that? Would they simply no longer have to foot that themselves and have it sub what in the bill now? Would the state just take over that free fare program expense? Or so the, the, the structure of the bill would have it so that if you have a uh, a program in place today, you, you would be mandated to maintain that program. In fact, would, it, the state wouldn't fund it. They just make us keep doing it. The, the state wouldn't, there would be a maintenance of effort requirement. <laughs> and the only thing that it would do here would be to allow you to expand into new educational institutions. So if there was another school district, for example, you can find new partnership there. But then to my earlier observation, for the existing programs that, that you have, let's say UC Santa Cruz and Cabrillo College, you could make other modifications that support but don't supplant the money that you're receiving. And so, again, operational expenses could be eligible. You can increase service levels, you expand coverage to uh, those campuses. But there was a strong interest in making sure that the state didn't assume the responsibility of what is often a local decision, and it can come through things like fee assessments on students. Uh, and, and part of that observation was that this was intended to be a short-term program. It was a five-year duration. There was advocacy from, in fact, the transit agencies saying that if we were to be in a situation where st state takes on the support for a few years, what you might do is dissolve long-standing relationships for a short-term program. And then after that program expires, you may have no fare-free program and have to go back to the educational institutions and try to hit reset with them and restarting a program with perhaps you know, circumspect prospects. I don't want to give you an impossible task, but could you suggest why we would want to support such a program? I'm sorry? I don't want to put you in an impossible situation, but could you explain why you think we would want to support such a program? Yeah, I think that the, the interest there was in, in seeing if there could be some further support in the services that are being provided. It allows you to do some offset for those operational expenses. And so 
it was there, I think, that there was the interest and the support. Thanks. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, in 2016, we passed a Measure D uh, half cent uh, sales tax uh, for um, transit, and we became a self-help county in the eyes of the state, which, uh, in conjunction with Senate Bill 1, allowed us uh, a, a better avenue to get more funding from the state. Does this, would, if we passed a, a sales tax uh, next year, uh, for Metro, would that help us in getting state funding to become identified as a self-help county in that regard? Yeah, it would, because as I understand it, the local partnership program, which is I think the program you're referring to under SB1, right. does configure the uh, investments from the state and the share that, that individual regions get based on the measures that they have in place, the level of investment that they're providing. You would see a higher level of investment for your agency, for your region, and hence be able to capture a larger share. Of course, that means for everyone else, because we're talking about a sure. finite pot, everyone else gets a smaller sliver, but you would get a larger one in that yeah. process. Yeah, a good selling point for yes. our campaign, Absolutely. right? Yeah, thank you. Good question. Other questions? I have a question on this um, Holden bill. Um, what, so what, what incentives are there for educational institutions to support transit districts in accomplishing this? Or is it just to help us out? Has and the I, state put anything in place? Has the state put in anything in place to support partnerships between? To incentivize educational institutions to make this happen. They have not. And this would be really the first time where there would be a new program that would be established that would create that form of new financial incentive, albeit only for establishing new programs. New programs, not existing ones. That's right. So there's, there's nothing in this bill that would, for example, um, compel or, or support your existing partners, partners to say we want to re-up for another five or ten years. But if it were a matter of a wholly new partnership, there would be that financial support that would be provided. So our communities that have been innovative and done this, are they being in some ways penalized? I mean, it's... <laughs> I, 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 th I think it depends on, I guess, uh, the v viewpoint. If, if it's a matter of only thinking on precisely, for example, backing out student assessments as support, then yes. But if you could also consider that other aspect of the bill, which would, would be you could provide higher levels of service to that community, in a way that's more than just baseline, then there would be that ability to provide some form of additional support. Okay, and and what that would look like? I mean, you mentioned other school districts, yeah. But let's say we've already covered other school districts. So what 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 else would it look like for us to have expanded services? So, so that would be for the existing colleges that you are servicing. If you uh -huh. have thirty minute headways, you could reduce those to fifteen and you'd be able to use the base of support from this program to provide that higher level of service. Okay. And so it's not yeah. expanding into new spaces, but you could redouble on got it. where you've got the partnership. But what I'll just reflect to the observation or question about prospects, this is the fifth or sixth version of uh -huh. this bill. Mm -hmm. It has not, has not been signed mm -hmm. over those five or six trials, including last year where it was vetoed. I think the prospects of this bill moving forward with any degree of, of buy-in uh, from the administration uh, is very low. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. 
Thank you. Following up on that, I know my first thought in, in the north end of the county, our, our schools don't provide buses. I mean, there's um, very strong financial issues in the school districts that are not getting the funding, equitable funding in uh, the statewide <coughs> in these areas because of the rating. And um, so that was the first thought I, I'm thinking they are, they're struggling to cover this, fund the various programs they have. So I'm, I'm feeling the same is that, you know, it's been really wonderful throughout our county to have their youth ride free. But this bill seems, yeah, it does seem like it would penalize because it would be very hard to add to what we're already doing. So I, I was concerned about the same thing that our chairs raised that yeah. I don't see a benefit and you know, the strongest things that we're doing right now are already supporting Cabrillo and UCSC that do have contracts. So, I, I yeah, it feels it feels like it's a penalty, penalizing those that are being innovative. So. Yeah, and I'll just observe on, on this front that the transit agencies writ large, I'll put on another hat and just observe, I serve as the executive director of the California Transit Association. The association and its members have not endorsed this bill yeah. okay. because they've realize that there are perhaps disparate benefits to agencies across the state. Uh, we've been, frankly, in a position of uh, engaging to make a bill and a concept better. Uh, we'll acknowledge that when this bill first was introduced, albeit last year, in a different form, the version of the bill that was introduced would have uh, taken away all state funds for agencies if they had not established a fare-free program. And so this is the middle ground. <laughs> and one other point, the, um, you know, I, I picked up on asking Metro to do more, or not Metro Transit to do more for commercial. And, and in the past, we have um, developed commercial as uh, part of our Metro stations and things. And then the push has been, the need has been housing. So that kind of feels like you know, whiplash on that is we're doing wonderful things for housing and then it's like, what are you doing for commercial? Yeah. That makes no sense to me as well. Yeah, I think the interests there, and this is one of those areas where I would say that there's conflict in the legislative direction uh, with regards to housing commercial development, is that within the conversation on operating deficits that the agencies are facing, of course, through the association, there was the advocacy to have the state intervene and provide the support. And the state was um, very willing to say, what have the agencies done to resolve their own issues? And so there was a strong focus on, have you instituted local option sales taxes? Many have. There was a strong interest in, have you found other forms of ancillary revenue to address your operating deficits? And it's said that the conversation turned to, are you doing value capture based on commercial developments around your stations? We were able to say, well, no, we have not done that because there are preclusions in state law that said, say affordable housing has precedent over all other forms of development in our parcels, hence the uh, walking back of Surplus Lands Act, the uh, uh, flexibility to consider commercial developments. That's not to say that affordable housing is no longer a priority, but here the Transit Association wanted to recognize that tension. You cannot tell agencies to develop and yet preclude the agencies from developing and then asking them why they haven't done that type of work. 
I just wanted to add comments that echo what I said to Chris earlier about his work at the federal level. We've had a banner year, and I know that you've played a key role in making that happen. We have, again, good local legislators, but it takes someone pulling that effort, lobbying effort together, and we, you really do a good job for this agency. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And I'll echo those comments. Thank you so much for your work, and thank you for being here today. I appreciate the time. All right. Thank you.